This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Friday, February 25th. This is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups episode. It is the first weekend after the All-Star break, and we have some new and familiar names off the waiver wire to consider. And to do this, I'm joined by Jonas Nader, who writes the waiver wire column for NBC Sports Edge, and Steve Alexander, who, according to a text I got at 10.44 a.m. today, woke up in sheer terror yet again, thinking he had missed this podcast taping. I sent you a text at like 4 o'clock this morning saying, I don't need a syllabus. I don't need to know what we're talking about. I'm, I'll be there with bells on. I'm ready to roll. And I went to bed with confidence, knowing that I would wake up in time. And then I woke up before my alarm went off and the house was silent. It was bright outside. And I'm like, oh, God, it's got to be like at least three o'clock in the afternoon right now. Like I just like, had a heart attack. And then you're like, well, it's actually 10 o'clock at night, which I knew that wasn't true because it was it was bright outside. man. Yeah. Good detective work, Steve, as usual. You cracked that one quickly. <laughs> But it, it was funny to see the difference between seven hours, 3.44 a.m., so confident, I got this. Don't even tell me who we're talking about. 10.44 a.m., I just woke up in sheer terror. <laughs> That's the Dr. A existence right there in a nutshell. I'm either super chill or completely freaked out. There's no in-between. Jonas, was your freak out meter fluctuate a lot or are you just pretty much even keeled all the time? I honestly did freak out a little bit this morning because I don't know if you can see behind me, but it's like completely misty outside. So I had no idea what time it was when I woke up this morning. <laughs> it's like Stephen King's The Mist behind me. It's pretty creepy outside today. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I do that sometimes. Uh, I still have nightmares about missing my senior year high school uh, project presentation, which was about 15 years ago nowadays, it seems like. But yeah. Dude, I... I think in the last like five years, three years or so, I've stopped having that recurring dream where I forgot about a college class. There was this one mm-hmm. class that I that I for, I skipped the entire semester, and now it's the day of the final. I'm not ready. I'm going to fail that class, and I'm not going to graduate college. I had that dream so many times in the years, yep. decades after college. I think it yep. finally has stopped. So that's good. <laughs> that's great. Good times. All right, getting to the waiver wire pickups. And Jonas, I don't even know if this team or this situation is in your column, but I just want to start because I think it's kind of the most recent injury news, even more recent than the Chris Paul injury news, which we'll hit in a second. Uh, we, we got word on Thursday that Karis LeVert is out one to two weeks. This according to Tom Withers of the AP, a right foot sprain. Now, the Cavs didn't have Darius Garland either on Thursday. That sounds like a short-term thing. But with both those guys out, we saw decent games from Rajon Rondo and Brandon Goodwin. But just assessing this situation, I guess, Jonas, I'm not finding myself real excited about anyone to add. I mean, Jetty Osmond only got 19 minutes in that game, a close game. Is there anywhere to go here, really, in fantasy leagues? Not really. I'm kind of with you here. Now, if this was like a month ago and Chidi Osman was like rolling like he was, we would add him. But last night, 19 minutes, and Isaac Okoro played almost the whole game. So if Isaac Okoro had a fantasy friendly game, we'd be adding him, obviously, but he yeah. doesn't, unfortunately. 
Um, but one thing was interesting. Brandon Goodwin was asked after the game about Darius Garland. He says, yeah, whenever he comes back, we'll be in good shape. We were assuming this was just like a one-game absence against the Pistons, right? A game, that, yeah. just a throwaway game. So that's interesting to me. But go ahead, Doc. Uh, there is breaking news on the NBC Sports Edge page powered by Roto World news page. Uh, new oh, Cavaliers boy. GM Mike Ganzi said Friday that Darius Garland is dealing with a bone bruise is in his back, and he'll continue to get rest and treatment. Okay, timely and. Steve, I liked I liked that you got in news page multiple times during that little setup for that. I think you said news page two to three times. Well, you can't say it too much. Yeah, so so that's significant. Darius Garland may have injured his back just go on on a very busy All Star Saturday night. I guess is that... very busy All Star weekend that he actually participated yeah. in, and now he's sitting out. Like, come on, he played twenty five minutes, didn't he? Carried that team during the skills challenge as well. This guy's just raining yeah. long jumpers. Uh, what a performance. It may have been worth it. I was very entertained by the Darius Garland show on Saturday night. What a performance. I don't know if you guys are on my, my uh, boat here, but I'm going to go add Brandon Goodwin then in a few leagues. I guess. I mean, Rondo I saw got added up in some leagues as well. Are you adding? I mean, Goodwin had the better fantasy game on Thursday, but I feel like I've seen this Brandon Goodwin movie quite a bit as a as a Hawks fan. So... I don't know. I think we just saw like the best of Goodwin on Thursday night. I feel like it's a coin flip between Goodwin and Rondo. I think I'd rather have Goodwin just because he's young and and probably a better basketball player at this point of his career. But, you know, with Karis LeVert also out, if you take Garland and LeVert out, um, that means Ike Okoro is in play here and Lori Markinen is back. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the other one, um, Chetty. You know, the Chetty pill oh, yeah. is a tough one. It's a tough one to get down. But I mean, and, and Jonas also, that brings me back to your point about when, when Chetty Osman was rolling a month or two ago. Like, when was that? I missed that uh, rolling time period when he was on fire. It was like, um, it was like a, right before his back injury where he missed like four or five games, he was absolutely on fire, had like a top 90 run for a month. Uh, I think that was before the new year, actually. But real quick, if you have, if you take Levert, and Garland out of the equation, like you need scoring, right? Rondo is not going to provide that. So I, that's why I think Brandon Goodwin has the edge here. And I think Sheedy Osman's kind of like the next guy up as well for ball handling. I like that. I, I'm, I'm good with good Goodwin over Rondo. 0% roster, by the way. I think I lean Rondo over Goodwin, but also we have seen in recent years, Rondo is just not a great fantasy player these days, even when he gets the yeah. opportunity. I mean, what do you have, like 12 points, 9 assists, 6 turnovers, and nothing else on Thursday? Something like that. And the Cavs have been getting smoked whenever he's on the floor, too. I think that's worth noting. Yeah. So, I mean, if, you, if you're if you tired of the Rondo thing, I get it. I, I just I wouldn't have super high hopes for Goodwin, even though he had a good game on Thursday night. Also, while we're talking Cleveland, let's not forget... They play four times next week. And then if your playoffs are still going on week 24, which is the week of March 28th, that's a five-game week for the Cavaliers. So if Garland or any you know anybody we're talking about is out that final week of the season, um, there's, there's going to be some hot pickups there. And bring a good one. You pick him up now. Who knows? I mean, he could be a game changer in that five-game week at the end of the season. 
All right, we go now to Phoenix. Chris Paul, as we know, is out six to eight weeks. Campaign uh, was the presumed pickup, but is not ready to play quite yet, coming off that wrist injury. Cam Johnson, not a point guard, actually started, had a really good game on Thursday. Aaron Holiday, who a lot of people picked up, had a decent game off the bench. So Jonas, taking all of these moving parts into consideration, what are your thoughts on this situation? Yeah, real quick. So Cam Johnson is not going to qualify from a waiver wide column. I think he'd be the, obviously the priority pickup, but he's like close to 50% rostered right now. So chances are, if you're listening, he's already gone. I like Cameron Payne a lot more than Aaron Holiday. There's a reason Holiday has floated around like four different teams in the last two years. He's mm-hmm. more of a, I don't know, a career journeyman. He's going to be anyway. So Payne, I pulled up his numbers without Chris Paul and they were through the roof. So they were at a per 36 line of 19 points. 6.6 assists, 5.1 rebounds, 1.1 steals, and two triples. And that's over 600 minutes, too. So uh, those are clearly top 75 numbers. Uh, we've heard reports that Payne is going to play the next game, that he's out two weeks. Uh, we finally got another update that he's going to be back within the next few days, too. So when you consider that Chris Paul is pretty much done for the regular season, I'd much rather have Payne for five weeks of the six weeks than Aaron Holiday for two games and then drop him for another guy. Here's a Here's a question that Steve just threw up there from G. Choa. Cam Johnson versus Campaign. Who is the better pickup? Methinks CJ, he says. Steve, what are your thoughts? Well, I just threw that up there because that question hit is at the exact moment we started talking about the Suns. I just threw it up there. I don't I don't want to answer it. I just threw it up there. Well, we we're already talking about it. we we are answering it. I am in the Cam Johnson camp. Oh, haha. The Cam Johnson camp. The Cameron Johnson Cam. Uh, Cameron Payne has been day-to-day for over a month. Uh, to me, that that is more than day-to-day. That's more like out indefinitely. Now they're saying he might come back soon. This whole Aaron Holiday arrival thing, he was perfect from the floor last night. Had a, Actually, he had a good game. He didn't get very many minutes for whatever reason. Alfred Payton didn't even get off the bench. Brandon Goodwin had a season-high 12 assists and a monster game. Or not Brandon. Did I say Brandon Goodwin? Yeah, you got Brandon Goodwin on the brand. Devin Booker. (laughs) That's a great signing for Phoenix. (laughs) Yeah. Booker. (laughs) Devin Booker had a huge game. He had 12 assists. Uh, He's the point guard of this team. I think Campaign and Aaron Holiday are just going to kind of hang out in the background and and watch him work at this point. And, And I agree with Jonas that Campaign was very good earlier in the season. But, I mean, we haven't seen him in over a month. And... Uh, I mean, I don't know how long it's going to take him to get going. Aaron Holiday wasn't there then. I just I just don't love the way things are set up for campaign. I'd rather have CJ. I would still guess that. I don't I don't know what Monty Williams and the Suns are planning. This is just a guess. But I would just guess that when campaign is back, they're going to go with a more traditional look with a point guard. And Cam Johnson goes back to his role off the bench. Jonas, is that the direction you're leaning? Yeah, like in a vacuum, I think both are clear pickups here. Yeah. Uh, I think Payne offers just a little bit more upside, but also a little bit more question marks too, right? Because he's obviously not healthy. He's probably going to have a ramp up period too. So like I said, I'm going with a long-term approach here. When fancy playoffs start in a week or two, I think Payne's the kind of guy, the guy that I really want. All right. Let's make our obligatory stop in D.C. with two of the names. There seem to be constant waiver wire activity in mm-hmm. with the Wizards, but two of the names I want to focus on and two of the names in your column are Denny Avdia, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Am I correct in assuming, Jonas, you have Denny higher on your list or am I wrong there? Uh, I actually have KCP higher on my list, but I think okay. it's going to flip in the next week or two. 
Uh, speaking of Denny, I just sold I just sold Doc some Denny Abdijah rookie cards. He was blowing up my phone last night. Said, "Hey man, send me your collection." I said, "All right, give me two thousand dollars. We'll talk." But the last wow. five games, both KCP and Denny are leading the Wizards in fantasy value. Like, what a time to be alive! Am I right? This is just oh, it's beautiful, crazy stuff. So, who do you guys want to start with? Uh, go well. You you've got KCP higher right now, so make the case. Okay, we'll go with KCP. So KCP is usually like your bland three and D guy, right? Yeah. It takes like eight shots a game, get you a steal, a couple threes. But nowadays the Wizards have no one. You take out Bradley Beal's 20 shots. You take out Dinwiddie's 35 shots on 19% shooting. You suddenly have a lot more room for uh, KCP to operate. In the last five games, he's top uh, 70. 15 points, 2.4 triples, 3.8 rebounds, 1.6 assists, and 1.4 steals. So there is a chance that the Wizards dial him back because they're, I think, 10th or 11th right now. Like, their best-case scenario is to get stomped in a play-in game. Mm-hmm. So maybe they dial him back for Corey Kispert, but for right now, I think he's safe to roll out there. Uh, I kind of like that. I've got KCP fi- fired up for my uh, FanDuel team tonight already. You're right. Getting Dinwiddie out of there, no Brad Beal. Somebody's got to score, and KCP can score. So I, I kind of like that call. I did, in yesterday's podcast with Raphael, rank Denny Avdija as the the best pickup out there um, as far as teams' schedules go. I had him number one. Washington finish up, finishes up the season four, 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 four. So they have a perfect playoff schedule. That also brings guys like Raul Neto, Ish Smith, and Corey Kispert into play. Although as far as the center thing goes in Washington, I'm completely confused. I'm staying away from all of them. Yeah, I've got Danny higher than KCP. I think partially because of how you set up the KCP conversation, Jonas. It's just kind of the the bland factor a little bit. He is playing well lately, and I think he should continue to get points, threes, and steals, you know, at a decent clip. But I guess with Avdi, at least, you know, we're seeing blocks lately. We're seeing uh, 0.8 blocks per game over his last five, along with pretty good rebounds, 7.4, a couple dimes. Uh, I just think the slight unknown factor with Avdia where maybe he could take it up a notch a little bit, or even if he just keeps doing what he's doing, um, just a little bit more compelled by that than the running it back with KCP. That's just me personally. Yeah. Like I said, I think Avdia's just going to flip this in the next week or two. I think he'll be the most important wizard, to be honest. Yeah. As for the center rotation, that's going to be a complete mess. Uh, Przingis is either going to be back tomorrow or in 2024. Like We have no idea. He's been day-to-day for two months as well. He's not even practicing in full yet, even though he says he's going to be back after the break. Should we talk about the point guard battle too? I feel like that's kind of important just because of the schedule in Washington. Yeah, let's talk about it. And and I mean, just with the caveat that these we're not talking about Ish Smith and Raul Neto because they're our top priority. We're talking about them because we're talking about the Wizards right now. So yeah, go ahead, Jonas. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So in a vacuum, I'm still going to lean towards Neto, but they are going to use some two point guard lineups because like I said, the Wizards have no one in that backcourt. Like, Apart in terms of young talent, there's no one except for Corey Kisper, who's more of a three. So um, a huge window for value. One thing to note is that if the Wizards do pull the plug on their season and they sign like a young point guard, I think that's going to be a, an instant must-watch situation there because it's Neto and Ish Smith, right? They're both 46 years old, have very little left in the tank. So right now, though, I'm going to lean towards Neto as my my priority. I think I've said this before. It's like corn oil and peanut oil. I can't really tell a difference. <laughs> I think I like Neto better, but I haven't I haven't spent a lot of time with the Washington Wizards, uh, watching them on TV, studying their box scores, really di- doing a deep dive into the point guard situation. There, I'm I'm with Jonas. 
let's sign some kid out of the G League and turn him loose. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, by the way, as for Corey Kispert, he's lately done some notable things. When you look at kind of the, the net result of his recent games, it's a lot of points and threes and not a lot else. Like I'd like to see more a more well-rounded fantasy game from him before he becomes a pickup for me in standard leagues. Is he our next Reggie Bullock? He's kind of do no, he's kind of Reggie Bullock light right now. You know, he's like he's like the the lesser version. I'd rather have Reggie Bullock than I'd rather have the real Reggie Bullock than Corey Kispert. Right. So if Corey Kispert has a big game and I don't write this amazing blurb, are we gonna get that Reggie Bullock guy's uh, doc uh, comedy like, hey man, you guys are gonna really spice up that blurb? He's he's on fire, dude. Four triples, last four games. By the way, before Bullock got hurt, he what he could had continued to play well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was on fire. All right. Speaking of Dallas, by the way, what a segue. We've been having a debate around here in recent weeks whether Maxi Kleba will, will be fun Maxi or not the rest of the way. He definitely was that on the last two games prior to the break. He put up 19 and 20 points in back-to-back games, a total of six triples and six blocks. Jonas, I keep thinking this is a trap, but can you make the case for more consistency from Kleba moving forward? Well, this is hilarious because Kleber has a vendetta against Doc. So, like, Doc tweeted out one night after Kleber's zero-point game that Kleber is, quote, fun, uh, mocking us. And then Kleber goes out the next game and scores 19 points with three triples. And then the next game, 20 points and three triples. So, Kleber clearly hates Doc. Um, He's fired up. He's motivated. He's got a picture of Doc on his locker room. He's ready to roll now. So, I think Kleber's locked in. You do have to worry about him because he's playing on one knee. But, yeah, like a five-block game, 19 points. I mean, what what can go wrong, right? This guy's awesome lately. Yeah, you know what else he's locked into? My FanDuel lineup tonight. Uh-oh. Oh, God. Oh, no. That means that everyone should run as far away from Max to Cleaver tonight as you can yeah. because uh, we know how that goes. No, I, th- I, feel like, I feel like we've turned the corner. I feel like fun Cleaver is coming. I really turned around – turned around the whole the whole train as far as uh Kleber and uh Abdesia go. So I hope I hope Kleber's ready to go and good to go the rest of the way. He should be without without uh Porzingis there. I mean there's no reason he shouldn't be a monster. You mean you're not worried about Bertans? <laughs> you mean the sh- their shooting yard? Knowing what I know about Kleber and knowing that he's in your lineup, Steve, for FanDuel tonight. Yeah. Against Utah as well. This has eight points, four rebounds written all over it. All over it. I've got plenty of time to change my mind. I'm, I might get him out of there. No, you can't. You can't. No, he's it's in. Too late. You have to stick with it because we have to test this. It's $5 Friday. I mean, I tweak this thing every 10 minutes for the next eight hours. I'll pay you $5 to keep this experiment intact. The integrity of this experiment. All right, how about this? I can tweak the lineup, but Kleber has to be in it. Of course. Does that work? Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Gobert's already smiling as we're speaking right now, just waiting to block Cleaver just nine times. It's going to be great. For the Warriors, Draymond Green, we now know, is weeks away from a return. Jonathan Kuminga, Jonas, is trending back to our needing to be rostered in the majority of leagues, I would say, at this point. Yeah, and the last time we spoke, we were like, when are the steals and blocks going to show up? And they're starting to creep up a little bit. He had four blocks and three steals in his last three games. Still... Honestly, might be the most athletic player I've seen in the NBA this season. He's just incredible. So lots of fun. Draymond's not close. Uh, Otto Porter is basically getting an ice bath every time out. Like they are keeping his minutes real low now. I think that's that's kind of smart as well. Right. Last nine games for Kaminga is at fifteen point four points, 
five rebounds, 1.8 assists, 0.8 blocks, 0.6 steals, and one triples too. Yep. So still trending up in that defensive category. That's what we really wanted to see. Uh, I'm in on Kaminga for sure. Kuminga last night, he only hit three of seven shots, but he had 10 to 12 free throws. And his line was 17 points, eight boards, a steal, two blocks, a three, an assist. Like that's that's pretty fun. Now we got to keep in mind that was a 40 point it was shellacking of the Portland Trailblazers. But uh I'm all in on Kuminga. I have been for a while. I've got him on several teams. Are you guys to the point where are you messing with Draymond Green? Is he a, is he a drop at this point? He's a drop for me. I mean, I think at this point you can make a case for dropping anyone who's out, you know, three weeks or more. Really, I I try to avoid it, but when I can, if I have the IR spots, I try to keep anyone like that around, anyone with that resume around. But I, I wouldn't blame anyone who's in a roster crunch who had to do it. By the way, I lost a I lost a jersey bet regarding the Yahoo rules to Jared. Yes, you did, and I was like. What jersey do you want, dude? Like, I'm wearing my my MPJ today. We've got Trey Young. We've got Luca. We've got all these like young, fun players. I, I, it's almost a requirement that if you win a jersey, it has to be a young player that that might do something. And Jared's like, I'll take a the town Draymond Green jersey, please. I was like, dude, I ain't spending forty dollars. On a Draymond Green shirt, I don't care if I lost the bet or not. You're gonna have to go back to the drawing board, find me a young guy, and uh, so we're gonna figure it out at the end of the season. We're back to the drawing board there. What a season for MPJ, by the way. Just a great season for him. Just mm. really stellar. Yeah, man, he's hurt. What are you gonna do? All right, we have more names to cover, but first we're going to take a quick break. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. NBC Sports Edge Plus is giving you an NBA midseason offer. Get 20% off an Edge Plus annual subscription throughout February when you use promo code STU20. Finish your fantasy regular season strong at one low price. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus. Use promo code Stu20 at checkout to save today. I can't believe we've gone this long without doing our obligatory Poku roundtable, but that's where we are, Jonas. Minutes have been all over the place lately, uh, including just 19 of them on Thursday. Uh, how high are you on Poku the rest of the way, given that it, it seems like we're kind of set up for a turbulent ride here? 
Yeah, so the Suns were just destroying the Thunder last night, but whenever Poku got on the floor, like they were rallying back. Just some he had like like some William Wallace battle cries. It was just a lot of fun to watch. The stadium Heroic. was loving it. He was feeding off their energy. He ends up with 13 points and seven boards in 19 minutes. Like he is probably the most fun player to watch in the NBA right now. Like I, I don't know if you guys agree with me. He's just I don't know, that dude. Is- I assume you're Joe. I assume that's Strong. typical Jonas sarcasm right there. No, no, I'm serious. He is one of the most fun players to watch because he's so awkward and uncoordinated and just okay. like weird. You just have like the seven foot pencil running down the floor, right. just like ironically, ironically the most fun the player. To watch. His head. He's just incredible. He like he is like the bargain bin uh Larry Bird with these flicks behind his head, dude. It's just so much fun to watch. But I love him, dude. I think he's like in the top eighty in his last two weeks. I want to see this real quick. Well, the last seven games, I'll say that while you're looking, 11 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, 0.7 steals, 1.1 blocks, 1.63s, shooting 49% during that stretch and hasn't missed a free throw. I think that's four for four from the line. But the point is, Poku was a percentages disaster last year, right? Just Mm -hmm. some laughably bad percentage numbers. He's correcting that lately, and it really takes away a lot of the risk of having him on a roster. Now we're just at the point where the risk is the minute totals, not that he's going to just wreck your percentages when he's in there. Yeah. And I love that he thinks he can shoot too. Like he'll just go down the floor, just jack up a three-pointer like three seconds into the shot clock. This dude is so confident. Like he can't shoot yet, but he will eventually get there. And God, I just love Poku, man. I want him on my team. I still remember having him on my roster the last game of the season last year, he had like 29 points and like six triples versus Clippers. I was just going crazy in my office, but uh, <laughs> I love him. I think it's going to be such a, a silly season hero down the stretch, especially when you consider that front court has nobody, absolutely nobody too. So I'm expecting big things from him. Steve? Wow. I don't even know how to follow that up. I mean, I thought I was the president of the Pokey yeah. fan club. Jonas just blew me, blew me out of the water there. There's been a coup, Steve. <laughs> yeah. A few comments about last night. SGA made his valiant return, had a huge game. I think that hurt Poku a little bit. Luckily, Lou Dort wasn't around. That helped Poku a little bit. And then Darius Baisley, my my guy, just did a full disappearing act. Wow. One of four for two points. Tough. In 26 minutes. That was tough. But my my real issue here is can we not – Get rid of 46-year-old Derek Favors, who is still starting for these tanking supermen. Get him out of there. Let Poku start. Let Poku play. And let's get on with it. Or or play Roby. I don't care. Just get Derek Favors out of there, please. I'll also say, Jonas, when you said silly season hero about Poku, I would also throw Trey Mann into that. Yeah. Possibly. Because even with SGA back... On Thursday, he had 11 points, five rebounds, six assists, four steals, and a three in 31 minutes. His last three games, now granted, two of those were without SGA, but we're looking at 21.7 points, 4.3 rebounds, 3.3 dimes, two steals, 2.73s, 49% shooting, 9% rostered as of this morning. So that's a guy that I'm, you're high on Poku. I'm pretty excited about Trey Mann. Do you want to push back on that at all, or do you agree? The only reason I'm not going to go adding Trey Mann is it's like I'm preparing for my fantasy playoffs, which start in what three days now. Uh, and I'm looking at the, the OKC roster and I'm saying if Dort comes back, we know how active Dort is. If Dort comes back, where are minutes, where are man's minutes going to come from? And it's going to be hard for him to get even 24 minutes in that scenario, too. So 
that is the only reason why I'm hesitant. They are still calling Dort day to day. Yeah. Uh, if we do learn that Dort is going to miss time, then sure, I could probably get on board. But as of right now, I think there are just so many good pickups for the fancy playoffs that I can't do it just yet. But I get what you're saying. If you're not dialed in for anything past next week, OKC does play four games in the upcoming week. For a lot of us, that's the first week of the playoffs. I think Trey Mann, I think Poku, I think Baisley. There's a there's a lot of guys that you could potentially grab uh, for that four-game week. Isaiah Jackson is listed as probable for Friday. Now, I know that Steve has totally moved on, actually has forgotten that he even existed, Jonas. But what are you expecting from Jackson down the stretch? We know that Miles Turner is not ready, still a couple weeks away, according to Rick Carlisle. I think at this point... I won't be. Sh- I'll be shocked if we see Miles Turner a couple weeks from now. So, what are your thoughts on this situation? That's a good point. When Miles Turner comes back, if he comes back in two, three weeks, the Pacers will be pretty much eliminated by that point, right? Like, what is the point of bringing him back? It doesn't make much sense. Yeah. So, I could see a scenario in which they he doesn't play, right? So, for that reason, I mean, I've been stashing Isaiah Jackson for a month, and it feels like he keeps getting hurt—knee, ankle, all that good stuff. But he's finally probable for tonight. He's going to play. His competition is going to be Goga Batadze because they are playing Jalen Smith at the four. Uh, if you're telling me to pick between Jackson and Goga, I'm going to pick Jackson every day of the week. The last full workload he had, he had 26 points, 10 rebounds, two blocks, a steal, and a triple too. So just in terms of pure upside, it's hard to find a player in the waiver wire with more than Jackson right now. Steve? I agree with that, but I he's been out for so long, man. Like I've got the campaign vibe with, I, with Isaiah Jackson too. Like, He's been out for so long. There's Jalen Smith is there. Yeah, he's playing power forward. Goga's been kind of banged up. Uh, we got linebacker Terry Taylor rebounding phenom in there. Like I could I could see Jackson having a couple big games. I just don't know that he's gonna go off like we I think had he not gotten hurt 30 seconds into that game three or four weeks ago, it'd be a totally different story right now. But I I'm I hope he does well. I hope he plays plays well and goes off, but I, I just don't have a ton of faith right now. Like I'm not I'm not messing with him in daily until I see him do something like two games in a row. I was gonna say if you really want to YOLO your five dollar Friday lineup, Steve, I'd throw Isaiah Jackson in there tonight against the Thunder. That was two weeks ago to the day. He had eleven points, three steals in twelve minutes. That was the game where he got hurt. He only played thirty seconds. Yeah. Doc's talking about the other game where he got hurt. He did have a nice game in like 12 minutes, but there was a game before he got hurt in like the first play of the game. Yeah. When he when he rolled his ankle and then he was gone forever. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about that game. I'm talking about the last game he played and the last time he got hurt. I erased that from uh, my <laughs> his, his history books. All right. Well, we can talk afterwards. We'll see how that your decision not to play him. <laughs> how many games did how many games has he played since he since he got hurt initially? One, maybe. Just that one? Just one, right? And he got hurt again? Yeah, just one. Yep. Nope. No, thank you. All right. Okay. I'll text you later. 3.44 a.m., son. Jackson Hayes is another guy we were talking about quite a bit. Leading up to the break, Jonas, uh, we've kind of shared our thoughts on him that, you know, the, with the Pelicans benching Devontae Graham before the break, it seems like Hayes is an ad again, and just we're just hoping they stick with that lineup tweak yeah we gotta be careful though it sounds like zion's gonna be back tomorrow though right <laughs> sounds like Zion. <laughs> yeah anyway jackson hayes what a turnaround man went from the third string center to playing power forward and center 
uh, really reestablished himself as a building block for this team. They're extremely high on him. Very graceful for a big man. Can block some shots. Extremely efficient from the field. I think he had that game where he hit like 10 straight shots too. So really excited about him. We don't have to worry about Valanciunas anymore, like I said, because the path to minutes is there at the four and five. Willie Hernan Gomez is now firmly behind Hayes after outplaying him last month too. So that's also really good for Hayes' value. Last three games, he's at 15 points, five rebounds, one assist, 0.7 steals, and 0.7 blocks in 25 minutes too. So lots to like here. I love Jackson Hayes. I I picked him up a long time ago in a couple of leagues, and, and I've just been waiting, and he's he's really come through. He's playing well. Your Zion comment was hilarious because he's been in the news a lot lately. Like he's not doing things the right way and he's not communicating with his team. And I mean, it just feels like he wants out of new Orleans, which all of that is great news for Jackson Hayes. So long live Jackson Hayes. I don't know if Daniel Gallinari was in your column, Jonas, but I just wanted to mention him quickly. And I was watching the Hawks game, unfortunately on Thursday, they were saying that John Collins potentially is close from re- to returning from his foot injury, but he's not back yet. Gallinari had 26 points, nine rebounds against the Bulls. His second game of 25 or more points in his last three, 18% rostered. It's probably a short-term situation, but if you're in a situation where you just kind of want to take it day by day with a player, I would say this guy. A- and you're in a situation where a bunch of the names we've talked about already are gone. I think Gallo is a nice pickup. Yeah. I'm going to include him on my column, but I'm going to put an asterisk beside his name because like the second John Collins gets back and it sounds like it's any day now, like they said after yes. the all-star break and then they held him up one more game. So the second John Collins comes back, Gallinari's back to getting 21 minutes and yes. 11 shots. Agreed. Sometimes. Right. So if I'm, if I'm preparing for the fancy playoffs right now, I'd be a little hesitant about adding Gallo. If that, if that makes any sense, like I wouldn't feel confident about it because I'd feel like I'd have to waste a move to cut him later in the week. No. It completely makes sense. Steve, do you have any thoughts on this one? I'm with Jonas. Like, I'm fine with rolling Gallo and DFS or even picking him up. But the minute Johnny Collins is back, I'm I'm running the other way. Uh, the Hawks go three times next week. A lot of teams play four times. So that's not ideal, especially if Collins is coming back. So, I mean, I think Gallinari, if you played him Thursday night, that was great. He played really well, scored a ton of points. If Collins misses more time, play him. But I, as far as a weekly league or a standard league pickup, I think it's a little too too late maybe. I don't know. All right, Jonas, I have not covered all of the names. We have not covered all the names on your list. But we're approaching 35 minutes here, so we got to go soon. But any names or a couple of names, a small handful of names that you feel like we got to mention on the podcast before we go? I think we got to mention uh, Marvin Bagley, uh, especially last night. I'm sorry. What was that name you said? What was that name you said there? Sacramento Kings legend Marvin Bagley, their best player in franchise history. There was just such an uproar when they traded Bagley. They were like, you know, take Halliburton. We don't care. Just don't take Bagley from us. And they did. Yeah, they're like, what are we going to do with this mural downtown now? The Bagley mural. Kings fans are reeling. So anyway, uh, Dwayne Casey had some really interesting comments after the game. He said they were drawing up like three or four plays, lob plays for Marvin Bagley. Called him a vertical spacer. And he explicitly called out Isaiah Stewart like, we don't have a vertical spacer. I mean, Isaiah Stewart can do some of it, but he's no Marvin Bagley in that regard too. So that was interesting. He played more minutes than Stewart last night. He had a really nice two-man game with Cade Cunningham. They really liked that. Bagley finished the game with 16 points, four rebounds, and one block. At the end of the day, it's still Marvin Bagley, but he's probably better than Isaiah Stewart, right? Isaiah Stewart will block a shot every now and then. 
Yeah, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here, but in terms of just opportunity, like in, in, in fantasy, opportunity is more than talent. So that's why I'm looking at Bagley here. Yeah, 27 minutes in that game. Hmm. Detroit plays three times next week. I think you can probably do better. I, I have a question for you all. Um, or, or wait, or wait when, I'm probably not supposed to switch subjects right now, Matt. I'm sorry. You can switch subjects. Is there anybody on the Toronto Raptors who play five times in this upcoming week that might be available on a waiver wire that any of us would be interested in picking up? Boucher's gone in most leagues, but he's available in some. Maybe the most untrustworthy. <laughs> Matt, you know I can't see anything. Thaddeus Young likes. So Chris Boucher is probably the most unreliable fantasy player in the history of fantasy basketball which may not be an exaggeration. If he's out there, I'm rolling the dice on him for five games this week. I think Delano Banton for sure. is somebody somebody Whoa. who might have a couple big games this week. I'm just saying. There is a name that we have not said on the podcast this year. Your guy, Thaddeus Young, I think for five games is solid. Thaddeus Young... Ryan and I talked about Thaddeus on the Wednesday podcast a couple weeks ago, eyeing the five-game week, and we were saying if he can just get into that 20 to 25-minute range, he might be worth it. Well, lo and behold, last game before the break, his second game with the Raptors, he did get 21 minutes, went for 10 points, five rebounds, a steal, and a block. So I don't know. what What's the blueprint moving forward? Is it that 20-plus minutes? If it is, he might be worth it for five games. I'm pretty sure Fred Van Vliet was out that game, though, ah, if I remember right. Double check. But here's the thing. So Nick Nurse plays his starters uh, 59 minutes yes. a game, um, which is unfortunate. So I will say this. If the Raptors pick up an early injury, I know Fred Van Vliet is expected back tonight, but if they pick up an injury, Thaddeus Young is suddenly like a, a week winner. It sounds weird to say for the five-game week. Do not drop Chris Boucher. I have saw some people on Twitter like, hey, you should drop Boucher for this guy. Why? There's five games a week. If he plays 18 minutes a game, that's monster value too. So, uh, other than as for the fringe players, I don't really see anything. Steve mentioned Benton, but I'm not really confident in him. So, but if you have like a Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi this week, like you're golden. Like you're going to win your first week matchup for sure. Yeah. And by the way, you are right that Van Vliet was out for that game where Thaddeus got 21 minutes. So I guess we'll tap the brakes there slightly, maybe, but might be, might be worth a flyer. Might be worth a flyer. Uh, Jonas, anyone else you feel is a must discuss before we get to some viewer questions? Two quick points. Keep watching the Portland Trailblazers, but they only play two games next week, so you do not have to add anyone there yet. So two games next week, do not add them, but just put those guys in your watch list, like Greg Brown, Watford, all those guys. Uh, one other player we didn't mention yet is Dante DiVincenzo is still only 15% rostered, mm -hmm. has been a top 100 player since arriving with the Kings. Uh, he's their new franchise player. He stepped into that Marvin Bagley void. Yeah. <laughs> the new newest Kings legend. Yeah, but DiVincenzo, he's, he is a lot of fun to fancy, though. Um, elite steal, right? He's at 1.8 steals in his last four games. Lots of like there. Good assist, good threes, a little bit of rebounds here and there, too. So that's kind of like the only guy I really see that I want to hit here. We were talking about DiVincenzo. Ralph and I were yesterday, and he's all about DiVincenzo. I'm kind of still the Davion Mitchell guy. DiVincenzo last night had eight points, two boards, four assists, two triples, no steals, played 23 minutes. There seems to be a lot of love for DiVincenzo, but I just don't – I don't know if he's going to get enough minutes to to make it all happen. But, I mean, he certainly is intriguing, and he certainly is serviceable, so he he works. But I, I'm just not 
not as high on him as, as everybody else is. Think of it this way. So Alex Caruso is like in that top 75 range with his like two steals per game. DiVincenzo's steal rate is right in line with Caruso's for the last three years too. So that's my thinking here. If he gets the same amount of minutes that Caruso was getting, like that 26 range, we all, all of a sudden we have two steals a game. Uh, another good point, like a Gary Payton, for example, if you're streaming Gary Payton, he gets you like that six steal night. Like that's value for the week, even if he does nothing else too. So one of the big things in fantasy is each category counts the same. So if you're getting the league winner in steals, like a tie bowl, for example, that's the same thing as getting 25 points a game from a player. The DiVincenzo thing I'll also say is that was kind of a bummer of a game on Thursday night, but did have the four assists. I think his assists in his, I think he's played four games with the Kings. He's got a five assist game, a five assist game, and a four assist game in there. He has a five steal game in there. So he's kind of establishing a floor. He, he's probably, he's, he's a floor guy more than a ceiling guy, really, but you do like to see the assists since coming over to Sacramento from him. Yep. Okay. By the way, one one other footnote here. Alec Burks uh, set to start at point guard for the Knicks in the short term, Jonas. I know that was on your list. We think Derrick Rose, Steve's shaking his head. We think Derrick Rose is potentially close to being back. He's doubtful for Friday, but did go through a contact practice. Yeah, it's a shame they shut down Kimma Walker. He was just playing out of his mind. Just historic season. Like, <laughs> uh, I did pull up one stat for Alec Burks, though. We should probably hit that real quick. With uh, Kimba off the floor, he's actually kind of interesting uh, let me pull this up real quick. So he has a per 36 line of 15.1 points, 5.9 rebounds, 3.6 times, 1.5 steals, and 2.3 triples. So like I said, their championship hopes went out the window as soon as Kemba uh, got shut down. But I'm kind of interested in Alec Burks. Here. $5 Friday, Alec Burks. Make it happen. It's so great that the Knicks are starting a shooting guard at point guard, even though every single fan they have and every single – basketball person has told Tibbs that's a bad idea. And meanwhile, Emmanuel quickly, who is right there with Poku is one of the most fun players to watch sits over there on the bench and then comes in and just gets it done. Like I, I cannot stand the Knicks. How about that? Steve, do you have any, uh, are you, are you able and ready to put on your, Oh wow. That was fast. You are ready. Marco magnetic says, why won't Ty Lu play Rocco? That's my burning question. Jonas. I wish I knew the answer. That's kind of like one of the craziest things to me. Like when I was looking at the trade deadline, I was like, Rocco could slot in on any team oh. in the league and play like 26, 28 minutes so yeah. easily. And then he gets to the Los Angeles Clippers. He's playing 60 minutes and Batum's getting all the minutes too. So that does not make sense to me, but I want to see what happens after the break before I cut loose on Rocco. And the 14 minute game before the break was a 31 point win over the Rockets. So maybe that was a factor. I would have to dive back into that to confirm, but I don't want to put too much into that. And by the way, boy could the boy could the Atlanta Hawks use a guy like Robert Covington. I was pretty jealous of that acquisition in real life. Yeah, and then they're not they don't even use him. So that's that's pretty weird. Wizards and Blazers. This is from a Choa from Jachoa. Gachoa. Wizards and Blazers both go four for four in the playoffs. Who's better at this point? Abdija or Justice Winslow, who somehow we got through this entire podcast without mentioning his name. We've kind of had this, I feel like we had this conversation on another podcast a week or two ago. Jonas, what are your thoughts? I don't think you were here. Might have been last week. I'm just worried about Winslow just completely tanking my percentages if I had him. Like, if we're looking at the larger sample size, like, this is still a guy under 40% for his career from the field. Absolutely terrible free throw shooter. Uh, shoots threes like Ben Simmons. I Like, I get it. The county stats have been good lately, but... Trusting him in a fancy playoff would just give me like a nervous uh, breakdown. Like I would not do that. I'm sorry. We are speaking of those free throws. He has counting stats wise been pretty good lately, but 
the last three games, what you were talking about, Jonas, he's six for 11 from the free throw line. So there's a there's yeah. an 0 for 2 game in there and a 2 for 4 game in there. And that quietly can be pretty crushing. So it looks like we are on the side of Avdia. Avdia just safer, not going to wreck percentages. Yeah. We got time for one more, Matt. Are we done? We do. Last one. Uh, Brian says, I need to pick up Danny Avdia. Who do I drop? Monty Morris, Alperin Shengun, who amazingly we have not mentioned today. <laughs> Campaign, Marcus Morris, or Jalen Smith? I I would respond first and say I think... It, I think you're choosing between probably Shangun and Jalen Smith, and I think I lean toward dropping Jalen Smith simply because we've only seen him getting like in the 20 minute range with the Pacers, and I think the best case for Shangun could still happen, and I think he's he's a, still kind of a insurance play lottery ticket uh, waiting to happen. That's a great point. I was literally going to call Shangun a lottery ticket down the stretch, and Jalen Smith. I think with Isaiah Jackson back, that does. Hurt hurt a little bit too because the Pacers when you look at their roster they have like 14 guys right now that they can slot in at the four and five so that makes me a little nervous for him yeah. uh, especially with Isaiah coming back tonight for me it's between Jalen Smith and campaign I don't I'm not dropping Shingun. Monty Morris is really good in his last name Marcus Morris has been surprisingly playing pretty well lately so to me it's it's Jalen or Payne I'm probably going to drop Jalen just because I don't want to hear Jonas two weeks from now if I drop campaign being like, good job, dude. <laughs> I told you. I told you campaign was going to go nuts. Uh, and that is the last question. I have two quick comments, Matt. One, I think that Miles Turner may play again this season just to play with uh, Tyrese Halliburton so the Pacers can see what they have. And I'm predicting that Pokushevsky – in one of the next three games is going to have at least 27 points and 10 boards in one of those games. He's going to have a monster. Wow. I like that. I'd love to be a 12-pack of Tropicalia on that. Let's let's put that on the line. It'll be the next game that SGA sits because they're going to sit SGA every now and then. I don't think Poku's just going to go off. I think that's a good point. The Kings on February 28th, Doc, is that what you're eyeing? Oh, I like that. Wow. February 28th. You heard it first days. right here. February 28th. Perfect. Pokushevsky guaranteed 27 points, 10 rebounds. Dr. A stakes his entire reputation and legacy on it. <laughs> it's all on the line. <laughs> and house. And house and my my youngest child. <laughs> and the Wagon Queen family truckster. He'll be giving that away as well. Yep. All right. That is going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We would appreciate that. We'll be back here on Monday with some takeaways from the weekend and some fresh waiver wire pickups, as always. And in the meantime, check out Jonas's waiver wire column on NBC Sports Edge. I want to say thank you to everyone for listening and for watching live with us today. Steve, Jonas, thanks to both of you. I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks, guys. See you. 10 and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 